Yes, indeed, there is a war going on. Welcome to Rescue Radio. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this awesome, beautiful day. And we declare that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven. Lord God, that you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand what's really going on in the spiritual world, what really is the directives of heaven that you have for us. Lord God, even as Jesus knew your will and did it and did not back down but faced the enemy head on lord god and and destroyed him at the cross and through the resurrection lord god we ask that you would continue to give us the grace uh the power the breakthroughs that we need to resist the enemy submit to you lord god resist the devil and he will flee and i thank you jesus today that you give us eyes to see and unlearn unlearn the many things that we have been taught by the god of this world who has taught us to believe what we're told and to and to and to take our cues from what it looks like cause us to look into your word and truly drink deeply of your wisdom and your counsel and not be fooled and not be the pawns of the enemy any longer lord god especially in the simplest things that we're going to be talking about today lord jesus that you help us to understand how important eating is and and what we eat and what's happening with the food that we eat Lord God, and we thank you, Jesus, that you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. You said whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Whoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven them. That's what you said, and we believe what you say, Lord God. We do what you do. We we ask for your wisdom and counsel and your, your divine promises also, thanking you for the divine protections that you give us every day, the ones we don't even know that we're going to need, that you've already provided for through the protections of your word and your spirit and your angels, Lord God. So you said no weapon formed against you will prosper, so you will not let the devil take us out or destroy us, Lord God. So we thank you now for covering and keeping us in those words of yours again in our health and safety, in our traveling, our vehicles, our finances, our property, the work of our hands, the fruit of our labors, that as we head to the front lines or stand, and having done all to stand, that you are standing there with us, protecting us, our families, those who work for us and pray for us and love us. And we ask now that you'd cause Jerry and I to speak as the oracles of God. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, hey, I got a question for you. I know you don't. You're not going to be surprised, but... We're talking today about why are we so sick? And, you know, it seems like God's health care plan has gotten lost in the midst of the enemy's health care directives of fear and guilt. And today we're going to be talking about eating and food and, uh, nu- you know, nutrition and how that all connects with our spiritual health. Um, well, yeah. So it, that's, go ahead. That's part, of, that's part of the picture. You know, we've heard so much about you know, health care and Obamacare and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and it's all know, of... Uh, it's interesting. I'll just give you a quick overview kay. of it. And there's a lot of people are very, very sick. You, you can see... And getting that, sicker every right. day. Right. Health care mm-hmm. is a big money-making business. Right. I mean, you go by any, any hospital, almost any hospital, mm-hmm. and you'll see it's it's being, it's being expanding. It's built. They're expanding yeah. mm-hmm. their care. That's right. Um, it, it's really not health care. It's sick care. Because mm-hmm. by the time you get to the hospital, 
It's you're sort sick. of like, <laughs> you're oh, sick. You know, in a sense, it's the end of the line because mm-hmm. all the things right. that have brought you there, it's right. not really, it's trying to bring you back into some health once you've basically lost it. And then, of course, if you if you watch television at all, which we, we hardly ever do, but when you see, if you watch the commercials, oh my goodness. You know, it's, yeah. it's drugs, 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 prescription and non-prescription yeah. drugs. Uh-huh. And it's wonderful. It's great. It's going to help you. You're going to take control of your health and then... They list for about half the commercial is all the side effects. Right, including you know, death. Uh, sudden mm-hmm. death, yeah. bleeding, abdominal pain, <laughs> uh, uh, spasms. Take this at your own risk. Are that you that desperate to use this? Right, right. Yeah. right. So you have, and we heard all the things about But there's about a lot the of pressure to take those things. Right, to do yeah, those things, right. And, and it's things. expected normal. when you, mm-hmm. If you go to the doctor, they always ask you what medications you're on, which I understand, mm-hmm. but they almost, you're almost expected mm-hmm. to be on a medication. We have a proliferation Jesus. of... Of, of drug stores mm-hmm. and 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 so and then you have uh, other environmental factors like you, we have uh, genetically modified foods, foods grain oh. and you know some of this stuff if you're not aware of this stuff you can just you know, go online and educate yourself right you got all these harmful chemicals that are used in agriculture like roundup and the gliophates i think is what they're called mm-hmm. and you have monsanto this huge chemical conglomerate now mm-hmm. we're talking there they're going to be merging there was a process i'm not sure how it's coming along merging with bayer so you've got the yeah, chemical sh- company for the agriculture and the aspirin company m- merging with the, with, the, with the drug company mm-hmm. and they're gonna you know make it's called m- conflict of interest <coughs> not really because they're really working together but they actually ahead. are and uh and then you have all this highly processed food and food additives um Oh, junk, right, junk right. food, mm-hmm. and even food that th- people think is very healthy, it's really not so healthy. And and then you have like things like refined sugar mm-hmm. is a real culprit. And then in the air, we've got all kinds of air pollution. You have chemtrails. Mm-hmm. There's contrails that you see from the jet airplanes, but then there's chemtrails, chemicals that are being dis- uh, distributed in the, in the mm-hmm. upper atmosphere to, to really poison us if you just look it up go and google chemtrails and you'll get yourself educated we got toxic water we got emfs we got all the cell phone towers and all the things that are strewing up our vibrations uh, yeah right and then you have you know the cleaning products a lot mm-hmm. of our personal care products mm, contains mm-hmm. aerosols room fresheners we room, have no idea how and, and wicked then, these and then, are of course um and then you you know along with that you have all the stress, uh-huh. all the pressure. People have pressure to succeed. Fear, anxiety, they, mm-hmm. fear, fear of failure. Mm-hmm. They're pressured at work. They're fear of the like world blowing up. They're gonna. I gotta you know get the next promotion or I just lost my job. What do I do now? Yeah, yeah. School. You're under pressure to get grades or to excel in sports or something. And then there's another thing. Just to throw this in there, there's all the there's a lot of health foods out there and supplements uh, that people are really confused. You know, okay, well maybe I should take this, maybe I should take that. Or some of them are are not good, and some of them are, and to sort out the mess. It's confusing. It's always confusion. And then there's all these special diets. There's the Atkins diet, and there's the South Beach diet, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then then at the same time we have um, you know Snap Fitness and fitness right. places Exercises. all over the place but we're mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. uh you know as uh, even though the we're, we're probably the most developed nation on earth 
we are becoming the most more obese, and more ill with our sickest, cancers, yeah, yeah, our heart yeah, disease, yeah. diabetes, and so forth. Okay. Now that we have the pleasant story oh of what's boy. Look at the problem. Well, this defined. is kind of where we are, but right. we're and not so, going to stay well, there. Well, looking at that just from a, a simple point of view, you'd say, wow, there's really a plot going on out there to kill humans and to take them out at that the cellular level of the body. And, you know, we have no idea of the plots that Satan has crafted all around us, and especially those that are around food and eating the production of it, as you mentioned, Jerry, and using it to destroy the human beings, the sons and daughters of the created God. So uh, of the Im- made in the image of, the, of God, the created in the image of God, I should say. Um, but, you know, you go back to the very, very first commandment of God. It was actually the second commandment. The first one was to be fruitful and multiply. Then he told Adam what to eat. That second command was eat the fruit, eat the herb, the green herb, and the fruit with the seed in it, which I have given to you. The things that were at, in that point in time, even the animals, it tells us in the next verse, were to eat the herb. So even the lions were eating grass. There was no bloodshed. There was no eating of meat. But at that point, the first sin was also centered around eating the wrong thing. And to this very day, we don't understand how many times a day we come into an agreement with a morsel of what we think might be food, what we assume to be food. We come into an agreement with it. We open our mouth and we put it in there. And whatever we come into an agreement with, we have given permission to do its Mm -hmm. deed. You know, Mm -hmm. um, we become what we eat. And so if we're giving permission to those dead foods to come in, we've agreed with the, the power of the prince of the power of the air who's created that death to be part of our uh, destruction. You know, the thing is, people don't, even Christians, really don't think eating is a very spiritual act. And yet eating is a spiritual act of obedience every day, every time you eat, because God gave us a very specific prescription. Eat the foods I've prescribed for you. He said, eat the foods I've given you. Um, and when we don't do that, um, we're, we're uh, destroying our body because our bodies are living organisms and they need living food. Now, let, before we go any further, let me just suggest to you again, as I mentioned in the prayer, what part of what wisdom is on the earth, part of what learning is on the earth is really unlearning everything that you've been taught by the God of this world, by the systems of this world. It's basically bringing it up into the light and saying, Lord, is this the truth or not? And then going to his word and finding out what the real truth is and then covenanting with the grace and power of God to change what you've been doing to change your mind. That's called repentance. We need to repent even for the ways we take care of our bodies. That is, we, 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 we think, oh yeah, people who drink and smoke and da-da-da, they're defiling the temple. What about people who eat potato chips and drink diet soda all the time? Those are not in God's recommended food list. And as you said, Jerry, we get into that place where we're now in the, in the healthcare system we're drugged to death, and then the next thing, we're on the operating table, and the next thing, you know, they're calling in the corner because, because we have not taken the grace to stop this process. This, you know, prevention is not as, as glamorous maybe as, as, you know, trauma and a triage, but prevention, it, you only get one body, and you have to live in that body all of your life. Now, how do you want to live in that body, half sick, half dead, or full of grace and vigor? Well, exactly. It's like, um, you know, some people say, well, I can't afford to eat healthy and organic and stuff. Well, can you afford a big medical bill? So you're either going to you're going to pay for your food or grow your own food or you're going to pay the doctor somehow or well, you're going to pay mm-hmm. the, the pharmacist and so forth. And it's interesting, too, you know, the advertising, you know, the, 
the thing is the motivation <laughs> the, the advertise oh this is what you've got to have and you know you can you they know, make it look ha- so good you know one time we did this our our daughter was in a commercial sorry to interrupt you but oh, i'm yeah. thinking about this so they were they were you know making a commercial for pop tarts okay so what did they do they had they had basically what i would say makeup artists come in and paint the pop tarts and shine them up and make them just beautiful you know <laughs> And so that's the, sh- the the image they give you on the screen is that made up pop tart, not the crummy, dried up, disgusting <laughs> thing that you know you put in your toaster. But and, and so there's there's a, a plot. The commercials, like I said, they're all designed to entice, seduce, and get you to come into an agreement with a deadly food that looks very innocent, looks very benign, looks very like no big deal. And you say, well, you know, God really doesn't care about it. You know, I, I pray and say, well, thank you, Lord, for this food. Bless yeah, it. And yeah. That's fine. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 that's can partly true. But here's what uh, the psalmist said mm-hmm. in Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Does that mean, oh, I just got to make sure that I'm not going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time to, in the wrong way to the wrong person? But you go a little further into verse 4. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies. Okay, and in Proverbs, let me add to that because I know that's where you're going next. Proverbs 23, he says, verse 1, When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. And a little bit lower in that, verse 6, he says, Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. So the thing is, these delicacies are deadly, because usually they're filled morsels. The morsel you have eaten, will, you will vomit up and, wait and waste your pleasant words. So there's, there's, you know, these delicate, tasty, sugary, sweet trifles and whatnot that were enticed to eat. Uh, the food of the of the kings, the food of the misers, the food of the men given to appetite, uh, are not what God has called us to eat. Well, it's interesting, you know. Our, what happens is our taste buds can get perverted, corrupted, yeah, corrupted. Because if you you you've you've uh, trained them. say natural mm-hmm. uh, uh, artificial strawberry flavor, right, in something, okay, so. Then somebody hands that tastes you now a more real, real, a real, more real than the real strawberry. Yeah. Right. And so then somebody hands you a real luscious strawberry, and you eat it, and you go, "Yuck!" That's sour. That's well, yeah. it's like, wait a minute, you, well, you you've gotten your perver- your sweet taste buds have gotten perverted. Yeah. And here's something that uh, Daniel was was aware of this. Daniel and his friends. Uh, these these were young guys. Okay. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know them by their Babylonian names primarily. But it says um, they they were you know captured in 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 Babylon, and they were there. They were the, what the king was going to do. He wanted to reprogram well these and godly feed them with the king's men. dainties. Well, he mm-hmm. said, but Daniel, verse eight. But Dan purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself mm-hmm. with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor delicacies. with the wine which he drank. So drank. So he says, basically, he said, well, you know, if you don't eat this stuff, you're not going to be healthy. And he says, well, just give us vegetables. 
and and water. That's all. Just veggies and water. Well, and and when we're done, let's see who looks the best. And basically, so they fed these. Some people ate of the king's delicacies, mm-hmm. and then the, Daniel and his friends ate of the the vegetables and the, and the water. And they, at the end of the the, the trial period for ten days, it said um, uh, at the end of the ten days, their features appeared better and fairer or fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. So th- thus the steward took away their portion of the delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. You know, here's the interesting thing with Daniel. Notice this young man, maybe 16, 17, 15, I don't know. He was conscious enough of God's law, which had prescribed for the Jewish people what to eat and what not to eat. And they were supposed to not eat the blood, obviously, of any animal that was killed, and they were supposed to be kosher and all kinds of things. And so he was so sensitive to even what he, he, he could have made a big excuse. Well, we're in captivity for crying out loud. God wouldn't expect us to have to, to you know, hold, maintain to these simplistic rules of the Jews. We, we're here. We've got to be like the people. We, if, we, if we say no, we could die, blah, blah, blah. And yet he found this resistance to, um, he found it in his heart to resist the, the plan uh, that the enemy had devised for him to create an opportunity for disobedience. Because well, when he would have disobeyed, then the enemy could have come in and brought against him what guilt and shame and condemnation would have brought against him. You've broken the Lord's commandment. Therefore, you know, you're going to not do well. But he was even in this item area of food. Now we see people with a lot of self-control and we see people with a lot of self-discipline when it comes to, to starting a diet because they're, they're, they're looking at their weight. They're looking at their, sh- their, their health. They're looking at something and they're saying, I've got to do something about this. But how many of them really commit it, submit it to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for, you know, believing lies and getting caught off guard here. I repent. Now you take over the restoration, uh, the correction, the healing of my body, because most people just think their body is theirs and they can do with it what they want. And they don't include God in the maintenance upkeep of the body except when we get really sick then we start to pray oh god heal me heal me but you know the thing is god gave daniel the the strength the courage the wisdom to stand against the corruption that was just beginning in his day it was nothing like we have today and and today you know we we feed our babies with the the wicked food uh, the dead food the evil food you know even from the womb and they Mm. have no sense of what a good healthy God-inspired living uh, morsel of food might even look like or taste like for maybe many years, maybe never. And so we're setting them up. It's actually, if you ask me, the way most people feed their kids, the way they shop and bring home it's the criminal. sugars. It's It's child abuse. It's child abuse because the child is innocent and totally unaware of what the other options are. And they're forced basically without even knowing there's an option to eat what's set before them. And they also begin to like it. And so then they whine for it and they cry for it. And now the insidious cycle of destruction has well, begun. Well, Satan sets up strongholds in that. And in, in, in because his his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. And you think, well, this is no big deal. Well, ask someone to re- if they're, on a, in a sense, kind of a junk food diet. And a lot of times people are... <clears throat> excuse me, eating what they think is eating well, but it's actually a junk food diet. Mm-hmm. Okay, see the struggle they have to make the change. Right, Because yeah. there, is, there is 
demonic strongholds in right. people's taste buds and their thinking yep. because they're they're Spirits programmed. Of, well, Paul calls it in sec- in uh, Romans chapter six. He says, "Let not sin rule as king in your mortal, short-lived, perishable body to make you obey it." in its lusts, evil passions, and cravings. And we don't understand that this spirit of lust, cravings, appetite, given to appetite, that all of these things become the the work of an entity, a demonic spirit, a craving inside of you that is setting you up to eat for them. So gluttony, obesity, addictions, all of these things are coming out of being controlled by something that you don't want to be controlled by. Paul says, if I'm doing what I don't want to do, he's saying there are situations in our lives where we are ending up being controlled by something that is not us, that's causing us to do stuff we don't want to do, and we uh, we need to be delivered from it, he said. So how many people are addicted? They're trying to quit what they can't stop. And the reason, and, and just common sense is, well, wait a minute. Okay, if I'm trying to quit what I can't stop, who's stopping me from quitting? What's, am I two people in here? What's going on? And so we have to realize that so many times that the spirit of nicotine or the spirit of pharmacia or drugs or meth or whatever it is, is actually ruling. And, and I had a, a, a gal, not rec- not too recently, or recently actually, in my office um, who said that she was given a vision of what meth does to people's um, systems. And, and it was like a whole web. It was like enmeshed in, in, in every vein, organ, tissue, operation, function of the body. This was a huge, ve- tr- like a tree had grown, like a, like a, they had been entwined in this, this spirit of meth that had taken over every organic function, every organ, every tissue, every equation, every operation of that body. And so that they were totally, it's like you've been totally encased not only encased in it, but it's also been embedded in you. And so this spirit of meth is not unlike any other spirit of addiction, I am sure, in that it's absolutely taking over every biological function of well, the body. A lot of times people try to, you know, comfort themselves with food and yeah, that's overeating, right. Another, and yeah. overeating mm-hmm. the Comfort food. chemicals, yeah. You know, we hear so much about the obesity issue in America, mm-hmm. you know, that childhood obesity, where you get kids little kids that are you know preschool kids mm-hmm. that are hugely overweight why it's it's because of what they're being fed they're, and, they're and being taught their bodies are being, being taught to accept these taught, things yeah they're accept and we're we're we've become a very very uh, unhealthy nation oh. we got food food stores everywhere yeah we got health food stores everywhere mm-hmm. we've got um, um, well we've exercise got exercise yeah, places yeah, everywhere. Yeah. We got all this everywhere. Best but, hospitals you know, in the world. The best hospitals mm-hmm. in the world. But we're still sick. We're overweight. We're well. We're one, in, one of in the things shape. I say about grocery stores is that's the worst place to get your food. That's the most dangerous place to buy your food unless you know exactly where in the grocery store and you know your sources. They do provide those sources, but the truth is always out there in the midst of all kinds of corruption, counterfeits, and lies, imitations. And it's always there. God is gracious enough to allow the truth to be wherever you are, but it's a matter of being guided to it by the Holy Spirit. And I think that even choosing your food should be a matter of prayer because, Lord, lead me to the right sources, the right nutrients, the right companies. You know, not too many people anymore, you know, uh, the curse for Adam was to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. 
not very many people kneel down anymore in the dirt and plant the seed or see the miracle of the seed. They don't see how this little seed that you throw in the ground, um, you know, gives its life. And then you see this stem come up and then the shoot and then the stalk and then the fruit and then another seed eventually comes just like the one that was put in the ground. And it's a quite a, a, a miraculous, you know, we see the miracles of God every day all around us and we totally miss them. The miracle of that, the apple tree this year will know what to do, the same thing it did last year. It will bring forth apples, that the, the wheat will bring forth the wheat, that the seeds will sprout and bring forth grain, that these, these things that God has given us are committed to and faithful to what they have been called to do to provide for us sustenance and, and nourishment. You know, it's like we treat our lawnmowers and our fancy cars better and with more respect than we do our own bodies you know you would never think of putting sugar water in your car's gas tank or you know um you know abuse your lawnmower by depriving it of of oil or whatever oil Mm -hmm. yeah you know those are those are just machines and machines even need fuel to make them go we our food is our fuel and if you're giving yourself sugar water uh potato chips and, and you know those are the ones we almost always pick out but you know what even now, even now in the fast food restaurants, you know, the, uh, no, I know this for a fact, and I can speak from experience being raised on a farm, that nowadays the potatoes that they use for the French fries and McDonald's French fries that you just grab because you're on your way and you're hungry and they're cheap are so pumped full of poison, and mm. those, those vines are so smoked with poison so they all die at the same time so they can um, harvest them at the same time that the farmers who use those chemicals stay out of the air, out of the fields for five days after they spray them. How about that? And that's what and goes in your that. food, and you eat that as a fast food, quick pick-me-up, and you give it to your kids because it's cheap. Now, I love potatoes, and potatoes are one of my favorite foods, but I will not eat any potatoes that I didn't grow myself. Sorry. I just, you know, and and I, I'm, we have a great privilege to be able to gray, grow our food, and many people don't. But there's also... A, an awareness now, a growing awareness of people with farmers markets, organic gardening, organics, organic farms, yes. organics, and some of that is also a lie because people can sometimes, you know, fudge the the rules and write organic on yeah. something that's not. But at least, you know, for the sake and and you can. But there's some other things you can do, just to stop eating certain things would be a great blessing to you. Stop eating so much sugar, and it sugar is in everything, and 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 cut down on the sauces and cut down on the. The, the, the condiments, and so, because a lot of the things that we have gotten so used to flavoring our food with because our food is dead, mm-hmm. uh, the, the um, oh, what do they call that, MSG and stuff like that, it, it's, it, it's, it actually is an excitotoxin that kills your brain cells. These kinds of things that you think are just no big deal, and oh, man, did that ever taste good, and let's have some more, is actually your brain cells are being killed by this neurotoxin. Um, blue, the color blue. I'm just kind of going on a little rant here. Actually, we're doing a conference on the 20th of January, for those of you in Minneapolis, at the Dinah Towers. Uh, Karen Steen Finch and I are doing a conference on eating and on food and the spiritual and physical elements. What are of the it. hours there, 1 to 5? Uh, uh, yes, 1 to 5. Saturday, 1 to 5, Saturday, January At the community 20th. room at the Dinah Towers. The Dinah okay. Towers yeah. in Edina. Okay, uh, but anyway, it's free, by the way. So blue, by the way, the, the color blue, blue ices. Blue freezies, blue candy, blue is not a normal color found in God's um, food scheme, except maybe for blueberries and a few grapes. 
blue is like the dye, uh, blue lake, whatever number it is, uh, those dyes, yellow, red, blue, they, that blue dye is killing your child's brain. And yet why do kids grab for blue? They want blue instead of red. They want blue instead of yellow. They want blue instead of orange. Why do they want blue? Because it's a demonic you know, enticement because it's a little more strange. It's a little more forbidden. It's a don't, if you're going to give your kid an icy for crying out loud, get them one with real fruit juice on it and no blue dye. Unless of course you want your child to die. There you go. Easy to remember. Die, die. Okay. We don't want our kids to die and yet we're feeding them. We're killing them by what we're feeding them many times on unknowingly because we don't understand the plot that's been going on for centuries against the human body. It's a plot against humans in every form. And, you know, we we keep hearing, and this is no news to most of you listening, that uh, the kids nowadays are not going to live as long as their parents even Mm -hmm. uh, because of this defilement. Isn't that funny? You know, I do a lot of generational bloodlines, and I go back to the parents, the grandparents, the great-grandparents, and my one question always is, how old were they when they died? And except for the fact that in the olden days, they did die sometimes with things like appendicitis and things like that. But for the most part, the, they're dying at 100 or 90. The next generation are down to 70. The next generation are dying in their 50s. We're losing 20 years every generation just as a quick glance. It's not even a research project. It's just I notice this. And, you know, those old guys that ate lard and, you know, pig fat and <laughs> pie and lots of meat and plenty of vegetables and clean potatoes, they didn't have the, the hospitals, the resources, the drugs, the, the, the metformin, the whatever we got nowadays to keep us, our blood sugars level above. They just ate the food God created and, and they worked for it. They did a lot of physical work. Yeah, yeah. and they lived 20 years longer. And we have all these fine, uh, convenient, wonderful hospitals, which I'm sure we appreciate from time to time when especially hospitals and, and doctors and medical communities are good for the triage of, of, you know, like they're like mechanics. They're good to take parts out. They're good to put parts in. They're good to fix parts, you know, sometimes uh, bandage them up. But when it comes to nutrition, they don't know much. There's a few now that maybe are getting to understand it and wanting to learn it. But by now, we're so miseducated that the whole flock, the whole herd of human beings is going down over the cliff of, of annihilation with comfort foods and addictions and dead foods, bad foods, microwave foods. And just, yeah, get rid of your microwave, by the way. Anyway, uh, and then the, the doctors that are more holistic as far as health doctors, least, there's about at least three of them that have been mysteriously died. At least three, honey. Multiply that by about... Multiply. You know, I remember I was just reading an article about three of them in the last year. Mysteriously dying. Mysteriously, you know, Mm -hmm. supposedly committing suicide and stuff like that. Well, we have these powerful drug companies, medical complexes that are against health Mm -hmm. because... They they're make a you. lot, they're making a killing, literally, on, 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 okay. on so-called health care. So all of this to say, people, this is a plot. This is a diabolic, this is very spiritual. What you eat, you come into an agreement with. And what you permit to come into your body, you also permit to act in your body. Well, here's, here's, the, next, here's the other part of it. Uh, just as significant, maybe even more significantly, it's not only what 
are we eating, but what is eating us? Well, what's going on? And that's part of why we have a thing called comfort foods is because we're eating to take away the pain. And this is the other edge of this diabolical plot. We eat things that make us sick and then we get anxious and then we get nervous and then on the and, and we eat to feel better. And then on the other side of that two edged sword, you have the strife, you have the anxiety, you have the you know, all of the diseases that we have, none of them come from heaven. Not one of them. God does not put diseases on us to teach us a lesson. Would you do that to your kids? No. God is a good heavenly father. He doesn't do that, but we think he does. And then when we cry out for healing and we don't get healed, then we blame him for not healing us. But the thing is, we don't understand the power of this. this, The devil gets double benefit. He not only gets to kill your physical body, take away your energy, take away your life, take away your your destiny, you know, get you sick, shorten your life. Um, He can convert and pervert the, the plans of God for you. This thievery, you know, not only brings him the benefits of of sudden death and shortened lives and discouraged souls and destruction of us who are fearfully and wonderfully made, getting us dead and out of the way, but he can also um, create a, another. Uh, int- it's he twists this thing around to make sickness and disease and you know deliverance from them and no deliverance from them all look like it's God's fault. Like God isn't listening, God didn't heal, God didn't cure, you know, and we don't understand that God is always, Jesus, when the leper came, he said, are you willing? If you are willing, Lord, you can make me whole. And Jesus said, I am willing. And he wasn't just willing for that one guy. Jesus is always, he healed everybody who came to him. He didn't check out their, their, their record, their, their church attendance. Yeah. He, or their, their, their good deeds. He just was God is in the process of life, healing, forgiveness, restoration, just like he tells us to do. He does the same thing. He doesn't have a double standard where he tells us to forgive and he doesn't forgive himself. But a lot of the times, you know, we're not realizing that these dainty uh, morsels that we're bringing into our bodies are the Trojan horse. We're eating the Trojan horse. We're eating things that Satan has set up because of disobedience. It all goes back to disobedience or obedience. As a matter of fact, I wrote a whole book on this one time called Cravings. You can still get it. It's still in print. And it's actually, I did it in 2015. It's at liferecovery.com. A very good book about not, any, not only food, but any other kind of addiction and how the devil works to plot against us and works successfully in this venue. Why? Because we don't expect this to become an area of attack. We look overhead for somebody to drop a bomb on us, but we never look for somebody to set a, a, a tasty nugget on our plate that's going to become just as destructive as the bomb. We have to remember, you know, God created us, you know, physically. You know, we, the psalmist said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're amazing. We are an amazing complex of just physically. But we're also tied to our body, our life, our right. eternal life, our spirit, our soul, our destiny, our immortality, Everything at this point, as we walk upon this planet, is tied into our physical bodies. So when our physical bodies can be destroyed, and they're very vulnerable to be destroyed by very easy, it's very easy for the devil because we're so delicate, fearfully, wonderfully made, so many vulnerabilities, got to have the right air temperatures and pressures and food and water and da-da-da. We're so easily destroyed that we would eat, we would be destroyed except for the grace of God. And God wants us to agree and work with him to protect these bodies by choosing to eat the, the healthy foods. Well, God is committed. God wants us healthy. You know, some people say, well, God wants me sick. No, God doesn't want you sick. No, he God said, wants you well. In, in uh, 
3 John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And our souls are our minds, will, and emotions. And when your mind is at peace and your soul uh, is resting and you're not anxious, uh, and part of the reason, it, it goes both ways. If you're going to not, if you're going to eat too much sugar, for example, you're going to destroy your B vitamins. Your B vitamins are what are necessary to keep you calm. If the, if the B vitamins are being destroyed by too much sugar, then you're going to feel anxious. And when you feel anxious, now you're going to start to react. And that, that you react to the spirit of anxiety and fear and dread. And, and then the vibrations and the frequencies in your body are manip- manipulated to become uh, weak or um, unstable. And so all of a sudden, your whole life is falling apart around you. And it has simply to do with your chemicals. It is so amazingly... Uh, we're so amazingly tied into everything that is so tiny and invisible that and we think it's no big deal. And I can eat what I want. Don't touch my food. I'm okay. You know, don't be so controlling, blah, blah, blah. And yet Satan has, has brainwashed most people, not just in your food, people. It is in everything you look at, everything you see, everything you want to do, everything you think you want to do, everything you think is going to make you a success. Everything we've been taught from the ground up, including take responsibility for all your actions, including that, has been a detriment to us, has been a deliberate plot against us. And Jeremiah 8.15 says, We looked for peace, but no good came. For a time of health, and there was trouble. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? We looked for peace, and no good came. But no good came. And for a time of health, and there was trouble. So... You know, we want peace, but there's nothing peaceful going on. We look for health, but then instead of health, we have trouble. And part of the reason is if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh-huh. verse 15, mm-hmm. it says, and it, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, mm-hmm. then these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Mm-hmm. Okay, it says um, uh, the Lord will uh, bring, uh, send cursing, verse 20, and yeah. confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. Okay, let me the stop right there for just a second. I want to just, yeah, you keep reading. That's awesome. I want to just say something. It says the Lord will send on you cursing. Now, this means the Lord has to permit it because you and I, we have choices we've made and there is another, uh, there is an opponent. We have chosen the enemy's side. We've chosen to disobey. He says, because you've disregarded um, my commandments and, and part of those commandments have to do with very strict rules of eating. Food was very in, intric- intricately involved in the sacrifices and the ceremonies of the temple and what they were to eat and not eat and even the bread and the wine at the Last Supper all, food is very, very intricate and very involved in our walk with God. And so when they were rebelling against God and eating the food of the of the, the idol worshipers the and eating it as unto idols, if you're eating your food as unto idols, they were eating their food over the graves, it said. The graves were the, the and the and the, the high places where the, mm-hmm. the, the covens and the in the witchcraft and the idolatry human sacrifices were, were going offered. On. When they're eating over the graves, you're eating as unto that entity. And so they were not 
giving praise to God. They were they were rebelling. So what could God do? He had because the rule is this: whom you yield yourself servant to obey a slave, you become the same as that slave you become. And Satan says, "Well, they're listening to me. They're eating my food. They're eating it as unto me. I get them." And God couldn't say, "No, you can't have them," because the rule is they made a choice. And so the decision, though they were deceived. And so God permitted these things to come upon them. Well, he says, if, you, if you're not obedient. No, the first part of verse 20, uh, chapter 28 is all the blessings. Yeah. The blessings of Blessed. obeying the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, God isn't just trying to be some dictator and say, oh, you got to do this to please me or else I'll get you. He's actually warning he them. You know, wants what's parent, best for us. A parent is not a dictator when he tells the child, you cannot run out into the street. You cannot stick your finger in the light socket. You cannot chew on light bulbs. He's not being a dictator. He is being a good parent or he, she. He, he is committed to wanting what is best for us as his creation. These are his warnings. Mm-hmm. But he says in verse 28, he says, if the verse 21 and 22 of Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you're going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, consumption. with fever, with inflammation. How many diseases have to do with inflammation? Mm-hmm. A good share of them. With severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, with mildew, and they, and sh- they shall pursue Let me you stop until right there you perish. Right there. Okay, the Lord will strike you with consumption. Consumption is an old-fashioned word for what we would probably say would be cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so cancers are tumors, cells in rebellion that are going their own way and not, not um, uh, abiding by the rules of multiplication and uh, regeneration. And then fever, of course, fevers, uh, hot, overheating, uh, inflammation. Inflammation is... Um, the, bod- the body overheating, it's, it's the friction in the body, it's actually inflammation. All of these things are connected with um, agreements that we've made with uh, and, and sins we've committed. Uh, for example, inflammation, inflamed, angry, upset because of we've swallowed the injustice, we've not forgiven, we've not let it go up to God, and we've not let the Lord de- judge it. We've taken it upon ourselves. A lot of people are with inflammation. Inflammation is because of injustices. Injustices create anger. Anger is red and hot, and it creates red-hot things in the body like inflammations and rashes and, 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 and diseases like that. So people who are going to the doctor and taking anti-inflammatories or whatever they are, inflammatory, anti-inflammatories, the first route is to get peace and to forgive and to let the, the, the injustice needs to be dealt with before the inflammation is going to be going away. With pain... The, the, the root of the pain is guilt. Guilt says, I deserve to be punished. And so somehow the enemy's got you believing that you're bad and guilty and that you can't be forgiven or God didn't forgive you or you haven't forgiven yourself. And so the enemy keeps bringing this demonic judgment of pain upon you. Severe burning, you know, like people whose children, for example, have too high of a fevers, they lose their, they, they, their brains burn out. In 28, he says he will strike you with madness, blindness, and confusion of heart. All of these things are biological, physical, emotional, mental, situational, um, because we um, uh, the sword, the scorching, mildew. Mildew is candida in the body. Mildew is in our houses. Mildew gets us sick, black lung, uh, mold, and things like that. They will pursue you till you perish. These are, these are things Satan set up for our destruction, and these are things we do not have to participate in. I understand that there are a lot of times children are born with 
um, r problems um, uh, out of the womb. They're coming out with, uh, you know, colic and and uh, asthma and allergies and autism and all of these things. These are not because they have sinned. Right. These are because there are sins that have not been dealt with yeah. by the generations. Maybe even their parents have not sinned. However, their parents have been sinned against. And when Jesus healed the blind mm. man, he said neither him or his parents sinned. But he didn't say no one had sinned because it, the, the curse without a cause does not come. Right. The, the sin and the iniquity that's been built up in the generations, we're at the end of the line here. We've had, what, 200 generations, who knows how many, of people who preceded us and many, many crimes, many, many sins that have not been dealt with. Now, when we come to the cross, we, we start fresh. There is a fresh reset in our being. However, we have to uh, learn to walk in that reset. We can't just go back to, you know, the old habits, the old ways of eating, the old ways of, of dealing with our uh, with problems, the old ways of uh, talking to our neighbors. We have to walk in the counsel of the Lord and seek quickly to understand this new way of life, which means obedience to God. Because well, obedience to God equals safety is really what it means. Yeah, in John chapter 5, you know, you talked about, you know, sometimes there's there's sin and the effects of sin from generations past. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the uh, the man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda, I think he'd been there for what thirty eight years, something mm -hmm. like that. Infirmity. He had a an infirmity. John chapter five verse five. Thirty eight years. And he said, Jesus said in verse six, "Do you want him?" Be well. Do you want to be well? And yeah. he says, well, yeah. But he says, well, the idea was supposedly an angel came and troubled the water and whoever got in first got healed. And he says, I can't get in there fast enough because people get in ahead of me. And so he took, Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And so one of the things Jesus said to him uh Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. So it, in this case, apparently there was some sin well, that really sin. opened the door to there's the enemy always, always sin. that had brought, up, uh, brought on this uh, long-term infirmity. Well, there's always sin at the root of a sickness, and that doesn't mean you are a sinner, and because you've sinned, now you've got cancer. Right. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there is a sin. There is something, something Satan is using Satan is using to present his case against you before the court of heaven. It may be something, uh, some sin that was committed against you. Maybe it was committed, uh, you know, by someone who's now dead, but they sinned against you or they sinned against your parents and they're bringing in a familiar spirit. I do a lot of work with this kind of stuff, counseling and generational stuff. And uh, the other day in my office, I saw... The, uh, I had a uh, two generations. Uh, one uh, previous, I'd seen the uh, the the first generation. Then I saw the the second generation, and they were related. And I saw the same exact familiar spirit coming from the one to the other. I saw it. I saw it in the face. I saw God showed it to me. He says it's the familiar spirit. That spirit was coming through. God only knows what their case, what their, how they're building their case against us in the court of heaven. Only God knows, and Jesus is the witness, and he knows the truth. So he can testify to the truth of what the lie was that was told against or about us. 
But the thing is, there, there is sin and iniquity at the root. He says, if you will confess your sin and the sin of your fathers, which is with, with you, Leviticus 26, 39 through 40, then I will restore the covenant. I will heal you. In Psalm 38, um, the guy was sick for 38 years. When well, Psalm 38, we have a couple of interesting, really interesting things. It says here, um, the title of the psalm in my Bible is the heavy burden of sin. The psalm of David, verse 1, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. For your arrows have pierced me deeply, and your hand presses me down. There is no soundness in my flesh. Because of your anger, There is, nor is there any health in my bones. Because of my sin, for my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long. My loins are full of inflammation and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Now, those are very physical conditions that he is describing here. No health in his bones uh, because of my sin. The iniquity has gone over my head. Uh, burdens too heavy to bear, over, overwhelmed, over, uh, oppressed, spirit of heaviness. Uh, my wounds are foul, not healing, inf- infection. Uh, because of my foolishness, I'm troubled, bowed down greatly, depressed or anxious or despairing, giving up, mourning, sad, going about the day, sad and mourning. My loins are full of inflammation, pelvic inflammatory diseases, whatever. There's no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the trembling or the turmoil of my heart. Uh, angina, arrhythmias, troubled. In, a lot of people die from, from heart attacks, but they're really dying from broken hearts because they have not found the love of God. Now, he's saying, Lord, it's your anger. It's come over me. It's because of my sin. You know, I, I understand the Bible is full of this where the people are saying, you know, God, you know, what are you doing? Why is me? You're angry at me, blah, blah, blah. But they, they really, if you look deeper into this, you know, the full, the first look, the first read, it sounds like he's seeing God as doing these things to him. I believe that God is having to permit these things because of the, the, the sin, because of the agreements with the lie. The lie comes first, then the sin. The sin is the evidence of the believing the lie. And so you, you believe the lies of guilt, shame. Um, for David, maybe it was the sin with Bathsheba. I don't know what he was feeling guilty about, but he was feeling very sick at the point in time. Um, and then and then in the end, he says, Do not forsake me, O Lord. Oh, my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O God of my salvation. Now, see, he's seeing, it's it, either he's insane and he's double-minded and he's saying, God, you're killing me here. And then on the, the end of the verse of the psalm, he's saying, God, don't forsake me. So evidently, what David was saying was that not that God is his enemy. He wasn't seeing God as the enemy. He was seeing God as his help. God is his salvation. And he was, he, he maybe, they didn't maybe know the depths of what we know about spiritual warfare. I really don't believe they did. But when Jesus was here, you know, he knew the depths of spiritual warfare. He healed everybody. He didn't go and check, like we said earlier, he didn't go and check out their sin account first and see how up to date and how paid up they were. He, he, he understood the diabolical treachery of the, in, of the evil one who had so deceived them. And these people didn't even have their problems because of what they were eating. They had their problems because of agreements that they had made with guilt and shame and sin and that's and Satan was coming to take his toll. Uh, I, I believe these still are uh, part of in the mix today. Not only do we have what they had in terms of the judgments of inflammation and 
um, heart palpitations and depression, anxiety um, going on. We have the added problem of it being exacerbated by what we eat and what we what our bodies don't have. We're not giving our bodies even what they need, the fuel they need, the building blocks to restore, rebuild our lives. We have to, your body cannot rebuild if you don't give it something to rebuild with. And that includes minerals, it includes nutrients, it includes, you know, um, good clean water and and peace, peace. There has to be, when we're at peace with God, we're at peace with one another, we forgive one another, then our body is not in that stress mode where it has everything is done under stress. Because when we're in stress, we have that fight and flight um, a situation going on where adrenal glands are pumping out too much adrenaline and we're being depleted and fatigue sets in and exhaustion and too much cortisol because we're anxious all the time and we never stop being anxious and we just live that way. And then we eat comfort foods to try to comfort and calm us down and, 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 and s- supply some little morsel of joy and, and, and com- uh, for a moment when what we really need, what David needed, what we need is to get rid of the heavy burden of sin and come oh, back into oh. the love of God and know that God loves us, God is for us, and the devil is the one who's setting all this stuff up and making God look bad, making God appear to be the one in our minds and hearts to appear to be the one who's doing this to us. Well, uh, David said there in Psalm thirty-eight, eighteen, for I will declare my iniquity, I will be in anguish over my sin. So he says, I'm repenting, I'm confessing right. this confessing. thing, and he's crying out to the Lord for help. You know, we have to recognize that um, the spiritual roots of these diseases, you know, Mm -hmm. it's Proverbs 14, 30 says, a sound heart is life to the body. You know, if your heart's bad, you're, Mm -hmm. you know, physically, yeah, Mm -hmm. but but the heart is, is, if 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 you think of of your soul, Mm -hmm. you know, your soul, you have joy, but envy is as rottenness to the the bones. So Mm -hmm. envy is like bone cancer in Proverbs mm-hmm. chapter twelve. It even says if you have a, if if you have a, um, uh, a, a wife verse that causes shame. An excellent wife is a crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. In okay, other words, verse four. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Proverbs twelve verse four. So if 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 there's a wife that's causing shame, it's 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 like well, it's like having bone cancer. Well, you know, <laughs> and and rottenness. Uh, and I think somewhere else in Proverbs, um, well, here's one: anxiety in the heart causes a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. But well, ba- but back to the connection between the body and words, or the body and 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 the the relationships. Witchcraft is as a sin of jealousy, and jealousy get that when it gets into the bones, um, it it causes I believe not only bone cancer, but it also can cause. Uh, the death of the bone of the uh, the bone marrow, which is blood, the source of creation of the blood. So the life of the flesh is in the blood. So if Satan can get into the bones with jealousy, rottenness, whether it's a contentious woman, or uh, any other kind of practices of witchcraft, well, it, it, bec- it affects your physical body. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting though. But there's so much God says about words, the words, mm-hmm. and and health. It, it says. Um, uh, well, here it is. I got it. It oh. says um, in Proverbs, uh, let's see, 15, the light of 30, the light of the eye rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. Good report makes the bones Pleasant healthy. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. So we can see that not only we're kind of drifting away from food and what we're eating, well, but this the, is, but, this but is the food, but words are food to the soul. 
Yeah, and, it, and, and so when we're, our souls are being beaten down with bad reports, negativity, criticism, judgments, how many of you were raised up under that rain, uh, like hailing down of you of, of harsh burning words, criticism, not good enough, or at least you perceived it that way. And you became, you came up from that barrage thinking, I'm not okay. I'm not good enough. And then you take one of several options. You either try harder to be good and be perfect and get obsessed with all of that, or you f sink down in despair and say, forget it. I'm no good. But all of this is the body has to absorb all of this stuff. The body is the, the, the point of contact, really, where heaven and earth meet. And we, the contact point is our physical body. The, 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 the buck stops there. You know, your body does not lie to you. Your mouth will lie to you. But your body will finally, you know, say you, you've developed a pre-diabetic condition. <clears throat> what your body is saying is, I cannot take this anymore. Because pre-diabetic conditions come from um, rejection, especially the rejection of a man uh, in, your, in, your, in your world a father or a husband usually for women. But the, the, the diabetic condition is an autoimmune disease. And so what happens is your, your immune system is breaking down. Your immune system is saying, um, I don't know what's good anymore. I don't know what's bad anymore. We're supposed to protect what's good. We're not sure. Diabetes has to do with stealing the joy out of the heart and taking the sweetness out of your life. It's people who have already tried sweetening their lives by probably eating too much sugar or having a little bit weaker disposition towards having too much sugar. And so their body's blood, sugar, pancreas, insulin levels, everything is kind of whacked out of order. And so then, they, then, then we go to the medical community and they put you on some medication that's supposed to help you monitor the sugar. But all it does is teach you to eat more sugar because you can now use the drug to, man to manage the sugar. So you become a, a chemist or a, a, drug, a druggist in your own body. The thing is going back to the getting back to the peace of forgiveness and knowing the peace of God that I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to. And if your father or your husband or whoever has, has uh, made your life incredibly difficult, and, and believe you me, there are many twisted tangles in relationships, there needs to be forgiveness and there needs to be the truth in you that you know who you are no matter what people say about you or to you. Uh, you know, that little saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is not true. Mm -hmm. the, the words actually hurt in a, in a deeper level than a stick or a stone ever could. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Mm -hmm. Tongue of the wise promotes health. Proverbs sixteen twenty four: Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. So there's, you know, in, in Proverbs uh, 17, 22, uh, it says, a merry heart does, does good like, a medicine. like medicine. Mm -hmm. So joy in the heart is, is the medicine. Uh, you've heard of uh, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food, mm -hmm. but a, a merry heart, a joyful heart, does good heart. like medicine, mm -hmm. but a broken spirit dries the bones. Right. If you have a broken spirit, your bones are going to Well, you dry don't care up. anymore. You're dead. You're done. You're, you li know, you're not living yeah, life. Yeah, osteoporosis Porosis, and whatever mm. other thing like that. that. Our poor little bodies take up all kinds of... See, what happens oh. is, you know, the devil is working on, a t on two fronts. He's creating this psychological, emotional fear, 
God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. So he's working on that soul front to destroy relationships, give you, curse you with words, uh, set you up with, you know, feelings of worthlessness, et cetera, et cetera. And then he works on the, fi- the physical front to deprive your body of what it needs to continue to build strong health and, and muscles and, and bones and breath and whatever. So he's working on two fronts to get you dead. And, uh, for example, um, high blood pressure, hypertension uh, is, a, is a fear response. And what happens is in the fight-and-flight system, see, Satan uses the systems of our body against us. And God gave us the fight-flight system to, you know, outrun a tiger that's charging at us or to you know, do some a feat with extreme energy and, and strength for a moment. But then when that moment goes past, then we our systems have to come back into order. But when you're in a constant sense of low-grade anxiety, you know, say you're not eat, you're eating too much sugar, you're not getting enough B vitamins, the world is hard, you're in this low-grade kind of all the time afraid and anxious, what happens is the message is sent to your body that, okay, we're in a dangerous place, we're in a fight-and-flight s- s- situation here. So what happens is the signals are sent to the body. The stomach doesn't get blood. It's We're not going to digest our food right now. We don't need food right now. We need energy. We need strength. All the blood is pulled away from the surface vessels so that if we get cut, we won't bleed to death. All the bu- blood is pumped into the heart, the lungs, the muscles uh, for fight, for flight. And so, you know, and the the, the vessels of the body, the, the bl- blood vessels are constricted. There's vasoconstriction of the blood vessels. And then, but you couple that with an increase in the cardiac output so the bo- the heart is pumping more the bloods are c- bloods constricting you know there's going to be friction there you know that 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 blood is and so what happens in and long over uh, over the course of time if that fear and anxiety is never resolved then those constricted vessels keep resisting they're t- they're narrower they don't let the blood go through but your heart is pumping faster because of you're still afraid and so you get what we call high blood pressure and bl- high blood pressure comes usually from an anticipation of a danger. And it usually comes from, it can be coming from anticipating of, you know, not being able to pay the rent this month or having no money or being homeless or, or, or being um, falsely accused or losing your job. All of these future events, the enemy uses them to create an ongoing situation of fear and hyperactivity. And, and so the fight and flight system never gets... Um, it is always on. It never gets turned off. It never goes back to homeostasis. It never goes back to relax. It's okay. We're good. Because there's always a drivenness. And the same thing, I believe, the body picks up when we're feeling guilty and when we're feeling uh, like we're not settled with God or, or, or where we sinned because guilt and condemnation keep pumping it into us. We did something wrong. We've got to make it right. And so the body, many times our physical body too, we call upon it to do things it cannot do. It cannot solve the sin problem. The body, it cannot um, resolve, you know, uh, sexual assault against you. The body, maybe you can hide or run, but the body, you know, cannot protect you by giving you updates and high alerts, you know, information about the predator being there or around the corner. And so when we're expecting our body to become the sifting or the filter through which we filter everything to make sure we're safe, the body is not, yes, it can sift out diseases and bacteria and things, but it isn't meant to sift out spiritual dangers. And so when you give your body that job, it also puts pressure on the body and creates sickness. And this all goes is woven together with what we eat and how we take care of ourselves and our relationship with God. Thank you, Jesus, for health. Thank you for healing. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for making a way for us to get better. 
to heal us when we're broken and to restore us when we've been uh, just devastated, Lord. I pray for each one today to start them at the place where they need to begin. Lord, sometimes this gets to be overwhelming because it's all so connected. But the good news is when you start someone good, one good thing, it starts to help other things get back into place. So every, because everything's connected, you fix one thing, you may, you are also fixing many things. So I pray that even if it's just beginning to um, recognize the food that we're putting in our mouth, simple, simple little act of obedience, that we are strong in you to uh, choose that which is good and to trust you to provide for us good food. And, and Lord, that you would provide for us peace you have and that we would have access to that peace and Satan's plot against us would be exposed, that you for each one would expose that plot, that lie, that fear, and that we'd begin to walk in a, in a take a step up in back into health, back into strength, back into confidence, back into our destiny, back on track, back into the place of being mighty warriors for the Most High God. And Father, we ask for these things and we thank you for your instruction of us in Jesus' name. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.